This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to another episode of the Oak Road Hatter podcast. And as always, I'm joined here by Stephen Day on Zoom. Stephen, how are you doing, mate? Not too bad. And yourself? Yeah, a little bit deflated after Tuesday's result, but not too disheartened in the grand scheme of things. And of course, we'll go into more detail about that. But for now, here's what we've got coming up today. We firstly reflect back on Saturday's three points at St Andrews and Tuesday's disappointment at the hands of Cardiff. We also look into our goalkeeping situation before going through this week's five polls. And as always, we will end tonight's episode by previewing Saturday's match away to Stoke City. We start off on Saturday, a 1-0 win at Birmingham. We might not have been at our best, but we all ultimately got those three points, Stephen. Yeah, and it was a vital three points as well, because we were hanging a bit close to the uh, relegation zone. I remember saying, like, if we, if we lose this game, we're going to be in a bit of a sticky situation. But... Winning, winning that game has taken us further away from the relegation zone. So I, I was very happy with it. Because we were, yeah, it was got to six points, wasn't it? And that's what we discussed last week and thinking we're six points off the relegation zone, but three points and we're suddenly as far to the playoffs as we were to the relegation zone. Yeah, and I think before a couple of weeks ago, we were in that same position. So if we're keeping at a consistent level of mid-table positions then uh, you know got no reason to worry about relegation really and the eventual winner was scored by a certain Dan Potts and I remember I remember you bad mouthing him on the last podcast I, to be fair I don't even remember what I said but I remember saying that he doesn't seem like the sort of world beat a sort of player for us but you know he was in the right place at the right time so can't fault him for that no, and maybe we, that's what we've got to start doing on this on this podcast. Get into Hilton next, and maybe he might end his uh, goal drought. Yeah, maybe. And 
playing against Birmingham, they they did look a troubled troubled side. They looked a side that, well, they just looked like they they didn't threaten us one, once. I don't think there was one shot on target. I think they had. It was just not a very good performance from from their perspective. Yeah, I didn't I didn't manage to watch the game unfortunately, but I I listened to a little bit of it and I never thought that it never seemed to me it never seemed like we were gonna concede and they're just in a really really bad run of form and I don't see how Ito Karenka is gonna turn it around for them. And then with that as well, there are managers being sacked at the moment. We'd seen yesterday with Holden, I think Dean Holden at Bristol City got yeah. the sack. So could be a, a matter of time running out for him. Yeah, exactly. And I think if if he was going to turn it around, it, it, they, they'd look likely to turn it around now-ish. And I think if, they're, if the board really want to help Birmingham out, then they might have to look elsewhere for managers because I don't think Karanka's got it in him, which is weird because I remember him being sort of one of the better managers in the championship when he first came to Birmingham. Everyone was thinking, like, what's he doing at Birmingham? Because he's he's quite a well-respected manager and quite good. But unfortunately, it's just not working out. That's it. He could quite easily go to another club and, and turn things around. But then Tuesday night, we, we had a bit of confidence going into Tuesday because obviously we had got the three points against Birmingham. But it was a scrappy win, so we wasn't wasn't sort of our heads weren't too high. But with Cardiff visiting, they'd been in an excellent form since Mick McCarthy took over and we came away with a 2-0 loss. Do we have a right to be a little bit disappointed? Yeah, I think so. Because I think I've seen, again, I didn't get to watch the game. I, I watched maybe 20 minutes of it while while I was working. But it, it just seemed to be that Nathan Jones got it wrong again and and substitutions weren't weren't early enough, they weren't good enough. But at the same time, with with the defence being sort of ripped apart with Lockyer, Pearson, like players having to go off and Ray having to step into defence, it kind of shot ourselves in the foot with that. Although we couldn't have helped the injuries really, it, it just seemed like Cardiff were going to capitalise on that. Yeah, because, well, if you have three of your main central defenders injured, it's not going to help against a team like Cardiff, who are physically probably the, the strongest side in the league. Yeah, exactly. And with Mick McCarthy in there as well, they're going to be professional in, in every game they play. They're not. They're going to know how to grind out results. And unfortunately, our situation in defence in the first half just helps them out, really. It was... One bit of quality from Wilson with the first goal and then a deflected sort of half volley. Two goals that when things are going right for you, they don't go in. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, when things are going wrong for you, they don't go in or things are going right, they don't go in. Well, when, they, when they're going, um, if, say if we were on a decent enough run I just I couldn't imagine oh you mean us yeah sorry I thought yeah. it was right kind of there. no yeah obviously if things were going right for us yeah they they, they, they wouldn't go in and we'd probably be a more, bit more clinical but I wouldn't say things aren't going particularly wrong for us just just a matter of being clinical and just trying to grind out wins like we did against Birmingham and Mick McCarthy's got a heap of experience and he just knew what to do 
And you mentioned about the the clinicality there. Collins had perhaps a, the biggest chance of the game that came from Lockyer's cross to score um, in in the first half. But surely, I, I don't know if you've seen it, Stephen, but those sort of opportunities need to be need to be scored. I didn't manage to see it. I think um, I remember see, seeing like people on Twitter going on about it, and I was watching another game at the time as I was working at St Albans, so um, didn't get to see it. But I just wish that Collins can be a little bit more clinical. But I think if we're going to talk about that sort of thing, then if we were more clinical, we'd be in a a lot higher position, and our players would be maybe not even with us because they'd be a lot more clinical and a lot more sought after in the league. Yeah, that's that's a good point, really, that the, the players that do tend to go on goal-scoring runs are, well, will get picked up, especially if you're scoring consistently in the Championship. Yeah, exactly. You're going to be, you're going to be picked up by either teams in the Premier League or, or teams that have more spending power in the Championship. Exactly. I think that's one one of those things that people have always said about Harry Kornick. If he, if he scored all the shots that he, he takes, then... He would not be playing for us. He'd be a good striker in the Premier League. Yeah, he's got exactly. just about everything but finishing, really. And then, as we mentioned already, Lockyer came off injured. Pearson came off injured. Well, no, Pearson wasn't an injury, was it? Pearson was a tactical change at halftime. But then Nathan Jones, I'm pretty sure, said afterwards that he had a slight knock. And then yeah. Bradley also had a bit of a knock come full time. So how, yeah, exactly, how important think, getting them fit, how important will that be? I think that's that's the thing, probably if, if Pearson had a knock, then the best thing to take him off so that if Lockyer's injury is a bit of a serious one, it means that we aren't just suddenly running out of the... Uh, we aren't risking Pearson and Bradley and running out of central defenders like Liverpool have, really. So, yeah, we need... We definitely need all the players to be fit now and going into a, a a long run of games week in, week out, we're, we're going to need every player fit. So it's a massive blow to lose Lockyer. Yeah, because we're, we're now, well, the Birmingham game was the first of, a, of 11 games in 36 days. So having a big squad, having those players get injured is a big blow if they are out for a long time. Yeah, exactly. And I think if we want to put on a good run of form in these in the in the, uh, the long run of games that we've got coming up, then we need everyone fit. And then we had both Tom Ince and Adebayo come on and then the general consensus was that we made subs at a good time, which wasn't the case previously. But Ince looked sharp. And Adebayo didn't have too much influence on the game. That's just the way things are going, really. But it's good to see that they are both trusted already. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad to have seen that they came on. It's just I didn't get to watch the game. And I think I just I just wish they maybe it wasn't 2-0 and maybe it was only 1-0 so they could have had a bit more influence and gone on to push for an equaliser. But I think... It was one of those games where the sort of low risk bring them on as well because there's two nil down against the Mick McCarthy side. It's kind of for someone of our caliber and caliber of players. We're not 
all we're not going to put up too much of a fight of getting two goals back. We can try, but it's more of, more likely than not that we we won't score two. And I think giving them a good run out and getting some experience in the first team for us is is good because it means Tomins can get a, a feel for how the team plays in matches and Adebayo can see what he needs to do against championship teams. And I thought we'd talk today, Steve, about our goalkeeping situation because in comparison to last season, we are that is a big improvement for us. So with Sluga, he, he does look a lot more confident, doesn't he, this year? Yeah, he does. And he's, he looks a hell of a lot more settled into the side as well. So I'm very, I'm very happy with him. And I, I think I'd probably worry if he wasn't in goal. But obviously, Shea isn't a bad keeper either. But I just... I feel like Sluger is just a probably a very decent championship goalkeeper now. I think that, well, he's, he's definitely earned the, uh, the trust of Nathan Jones because there was quite a lot of speculation over the um, January transfer window over is it Chris, yeah, Christian Walton who, from Brighton yeah. that um, obviously spent loan spell with us uh, a few years ago now. But he completely disregarded that Nathan Jones and just said, I've got trust in my keepers and that it's not something that he wanted to pursue yeah and I'm, I'm glad about that really because I, I remember Walton being a good goalkeeper but I've seen that a lot of a lot of fans of teams that he's played for have said that he's a good goalkeeper but he also somewhat can't be trusted either he's got quite a few mistakes in each game which to me would make no sense to to get him in if if Sluga's still in the squad because they're the similar type of keeper in the way that they are very athletic keepers, both relatively young, both can make errors, but they both do have a lot of promise. So getting both of them in the same squad, yeah, it's probably a good decision that we didn't go down that avenue. Yeah, exactly. And I think we have a bit of a... I do remember him being a very good goalkeeper for us, Walton. And I think... It's a bit of a nostalgia and sometimes thinking, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd love him back. But at the same time, I can't see too much reason for it with Sluga. This season, we've conceded 31 goals in 29 games. And that after 29 games last year, we conceded 63. So how big is that this season? It's, it's brilliant. I, I think Nathan Jones is, is a, you know, he's, he's done wonders with us again. So... I'm I'm very happy that we're we're, you know, almost. Well, yeah, we've over halved our our goals conceded at this point in the season. So that's that's a that's a massive feat. And the biggest worry last year was that was the clean sheets. I think we we recorded seven in forty six games, which yeah. six of them were from Sluger in thirty three, and Shea only kept one clean sheet in thirteen, but. This season, we've now kept nine in 29, which again just shows a major improvement. Yeah, and I think I think even then, like it's not just so much about the keepers; it's about the defense as well. Like the defense has got um, a lot more confidence in their ability to play the ball out, and we're not looking so so nervous at the back. And I think having confidence in in your defenders for a goalkeeper is brilliant, and then vice versa. Defenders having confidence in their goalkeeper, it, it it makes a world of difference, and it's showing. Yeah, definitely is showing. He he does look a, a more confident keeper, but 
still a little bit nervy when he gets the ball. Sometimes he looks a little hesitant, but I think he more than makes up with that with just his, his general sort of the amount of um, saves he makes, how quick he is coming off the line are just two brilliant things that we've got in Sluga. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just, I, I love him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's well, he's yeah, starting to him. have that effect on us. He's starting to, because he was, he was ridiculed at the start, wasn't he? He was getting a lot yeah. of stick for lots of mistakes. He, he was making a lot of mistakes in the early part of last season, but yeah, exactly. knew back then once he gets settled in, once he gets rid of those mistakes, he's going to be some keeper. Yeah, exactly. And uh, someone at my university, a QPR fan, he, I think when we uh, when we played against them and Charlie Austin scored, he, he was telling me how uh, Sluga is still one of the worst keepers in the league. I'm like, there's there's no way. He's he's a very good keeper for the championship, really. I think I think most clubs would be quite happy to have him. Yeah, which go, goes again to our recruitment because it was a, it was a signing out of nothing really. To yeah, get him from it was the Croatian first division. Yeah, exactly. So again, brilliant, brilliant work from our recruitment team, and just shows that he was a, a good record signing. And then straight onto our polls, we we mentioned before that we're nine points off the relegation, but also nine points off the playoffs. But what we asked for the first one was where we expected everybody, uh, well, where everybody thought we'd finish. And this was prior to the Birmingham game. So sort of losing to Cardiff may have changed this probably for the worst. But 3% of people thought the playoffs, which was kind of expected. We didn't expect too many people voting for that. Yeah. 1% were closer to the playoffs. So sort of that seventh to 12th region. 45% were close to the bottom three. And just 1% in the bottom three. So what, what did you make of that? It makes sense to me, really. I think expecting us to finish in the playoffs or in the bottom three would be quite a radical thing. And I think it shows how confident people are in Nathan Jones and and the squad that 51% of people are, are thinking that we'll put, finish closer to the playoffs than we will close to the bottom three. Even though it's a small margin between the, the vote, it's, I mean, it, it just does show that our management team and our, our Football insider, you know, probably quite well trusted by the fans. And after this, I had a little look on um, a website called Soccer Stats, and it gives you a running analysis of basically it, it gives you the points per game of the remaining opponents. And we've got the lowest, which means on paper, we've got the easiest running. So I know that once we get into sort of the, the dying stages of the season, relegation fight it, it becomes a lot more unpredictable and it's a lot more difficult for the the uh, better teams to get points against the worst teams but is that a good statistic for us knowing that we've got the most favorable running basically yeah i think i think it's good to know and it, obviously on paper you can't say anything with football but it's it, it is good to know that we've probably got one of the easier runnings because we need everything we can get, really. Like, obviously, I'm not thinking that we're going to go anywhere near relegation. But at the same time, if if we've got a, a run to the end of the season that helps us out, then there's no reason to complain about it. With that as well is that 
we are now into a mad run of games. I said before, it's 11 games and 36 days that, well, as we've seen yesterday, the, the potential injuries that we might pick up, it's going to become very unpredictable in these next sort of month or so. Yeah, exactly. And I hope we can get like a, a run of maybe three games, four games unbeaten, hopefully out of these 11 like in a row so that we can uh, really sustain our position in the in, in mid-table, really. And I'm quite excited for the, the run of games as well because a lot of football to consume. So can't, can't complain about that either. That's what we love. We love having... And I know we'll never probably get this again, but having Saturday, Tuesday regularly is it's been quite good for us fans. Yeah, exactly. And I remember in the conference, it used to be like this. It was just Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, almost all the time because the season was quite a mad one. And I think it is nice to have it back. And I'd hate it if we weren't playing, if we were just playing maybe once every Saturday, yeah, once every Saturday, every month, it would just be a, a bit boring, especially at this point, you know, the world with COVID and everything. It's it's nice to have a lot of football to watch. Yeah, I, I know that Nathan Jones might not agree with the the injuries that we we might pick up from it, but yeah, from a from a fan's perspective, it is it's enjoyable. And yeah, exactly. Then the second poll we looked at the impact of Tom Lockyer and Kieran and Dewsbury Hall have both been excellent this season but we asked who has made the biggest impact and 31% of fans thought Lockyer, where, whereas Dewsbury Hall took 69% of the votes. I think it's fair to say that both have made their respective impact on, on opposite sides of the pitch, but was this something you agreed with as well? Yes and no, like Dewsbury Hall's had more, in my opinion, Dewsbury Hall's had more of a, a a bigger like impact on on the on the viewing side of the game. So he's had more of a flashy impact, in my opinion. Whereas Lockyer sort of like slotted into the central central defender role, and he's helped us to you know, as we were talking about just then, with like the the clean sheets and the amount of goals we've conceded. I think he's filled the hole that. Um, Carter Vickers left when he when he didn't come back. I think, in my opinion, I'd probably say that Lockyer's probably had the bigger impact because Dewsbury Hall is brilliant and he scored a few important goals and assisted a few. But I think going back to how um, John Steele wanted us to play, he, he built from the back going forward. So he was if we can stop conceding goals that are stupid or, or giving away easy goals, we can push on and become a really good team. I think Lockyer's had a brilliant impact and yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm in full agreement with that. I've, I've been really impressed with with how Lockyer slotted in and it's become a complete championship centre-back, but it just goes to show how brilliant Dewsbury Hall's been. Yeah, and then, and it doesn't, doesn't surprise me that uh, the vote went more to Dewsbury Hall because Everyone loves him and his stats are brilliant. I just think defensively, if we're not conceding, then obviously we're going to win games if we score. But if our defence was going a bit mental like it was last year, then I think we'd have a situation where Izzy Brown was, you know, obviously one of the better players, but he can only do so much. That's it, yeah. And 
the third poll, we looked at Nathan Jones and where he ranked in terms of the division's top managers. And 5% of people thought he was within the top two, 52% thought within the top six, 38% within the top 12, and only 5% thought he was in the bottom 12. And for me, I think top six is a fair enough shout here because the financial constraints that we have and the fact we still have players from our League Two days suggests that we really should be in a relegation scrap. Yeah, and I, I, I do agree with it to an extent, but you got to think, when he went to Stoke, he, he was awful, really. The team were awful, he was awful. I don't know, you know, obviously we don't know the ins and outs of it, but I think doing it at one club is one thing, but if, if he could do it at other clubs as well, then I'd say he's probably more close to that top six, top two region, but in my opinion, maybe top 12, because obviously he knows the club. He's got, you know, no end of trust from everyone behind the scenes at the club. So I think it's sort of a perfect fit for him and us. And when it comes to obviously this list, it 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 shows that he's one of the better managers in the in the league because he's doing a, an amazing thing with us. But to me, I think because of Stoke Stoke situation, I think he's probably more close to top twelve. Yeah, yeah. A, a fairly that, average championship manager. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that there are some brilliant managers in this division that. Could, could quite easily be Premier League managers or, or top divisions in other European countries. But having such... Well, the Championship is such an appealing league to be in. Yeah, exactly. Especially sort of one of the top sides. And you can just see that through Bournemouth, who are attracting the likes of Patrick Vieira, Thierry Henry. It's just a very appealing job, especially when you've got the possibility of Premier League promotion. Yeah, exactly. And I think it shows that probably Nathan Jones is actually doing a very good job, like a little bit more than maybe what I've given him credit for there, saying that he's not one of the better managers in the league. But with with how how high the level of football is in this league and how high the level of finances are in this league, then you are going to get obviously some of the some very highly rated managers coming to this league because it is very attractive and Obviously, not everyone can go to the Premier League because there's only 20 teams there. And the fourth one, which was quite an interesting one to me, I think I've um, I've posted about it before, sort of a few months back, but I asked what is the best thing to have happened to Luton in recent years? And 21% of people put the great escape of last season. 64% and the overwhelming winner was the power court confirmation, which was obviously brilliant. And then the League One champions was 15%, I think it was. So that sounds about fair enough, doesn't it? Yeah, I agree with it. Doesn't surprise me that people said that because power court, as long as it happens, which obviously it's confirmed, everything's confirmed. It's just a matter of when now, really. But also there's still a little bit of worry that something drastic might happen. Um but yeah, I think it is definitely the, the, the biggest thing to happen to us in in recent years. And, and the reason why I, I put this question up was because I think 
when I put it up, I had, I got a little bit of stick for this, but I, I thought that when we were promoted back to the Football League, that was the happiest memory of them all. Because it might not be the best on paper, looking at where we've come from since then, but we could have been in serious trouble if we hadn't gone up that year. We could have started getting sucked into sort of this non-league vacuum that we, what a lot of clubs haven't come out of. Yeah, exactly. I, I do agree with you there, to be honest, because the the way being in the conference felt was awful. It, I got no end of stick for supporting a team in the conference at school. People were saying it's barely even real football. And obviously there's a bit, you know, a, sort of a childish thing to say. But you still get that sort of thing with fans nowadays with lower league football. And I think getting getting out of non-league is probably one of the biggest things to happen to us in our history because, as you said, the, the void of non-league is horrible and no discredit to non-league football because I love it. It's just for a club of our size, it would be detrimental to our future if we if we remained there for longer. Because power court wouldn't have happened. No no way would power court have happened. It might, it still it might have happened in a club. different... Yeah, I think, I think it might have happened in a different way probably maybe it wouldn't have been power call maybe it would have been a an out of town sort of thing that happens in probably maybe like 12,000 seat or 15,000 seat sort of thing and not as elaborate as power call is because I, I trust 2020 to get it done no matter what and it would have got I think it would have happened at some point but maybe it would have been a longer way it would have been less less elaborate as what it is because the, pl- the plans are unbelievable for Power Court. It just aesthetically, it looks stunning what, the, what they've laid out as the um, initial plans. And what it does for the town as well is just something that being close to Luton, we can't wait for. Yeah, exactly. And there's just no way that it's ever going to be a bad thing for us having, having that stadium come through. And I'm... I'm ridiculously excited for it, and the it does look incredible. Even the even the um the business park as well looks incredible, and it's is I don't think it's often that you get like a sort of a unanimous love for uh, the plans for a new stadium, a new business park from from football from you know a football fan base and other fans as well. Because most people that I I've, I've seen that aren't Luton fans that have seen the plans, they say that stadium is brilliant. A lot of people say it looks a bit like a toilet seat, but <laughs> I mean, it's not a bowl. So, it's not a bowl like you get at Reading and Cardiff and everything. So, I can't wait. And the last poll we put out was about someone that's seems a bit of a forgotten man at Luton now, but we put, will we ever see Yoon and O'Kane return? And only 14% of people thought yes, with a large majority of 86% saying no. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, it makes sense to me because I thought but he might be back by now, but it's it's looking likely he's not going to be playing for us at all or at this level again because of how long he's been injured for. And it's a, it was a big thing to come back from. So two and a half years was, without football for him is going to be detrimental to his career. And I, I hope he can regain the, the form that he had but I do worry that, what is it, the last four years of his life have just been detrimental to his career because I remember he was sort of 
loved, not loved, but he was a, a good player at Leeds. And then they got a new manager in and suddenly manager was like, yeah, you're not playing for us anymore. And came to us, he looked good, injured. And now I think, you know, the most likely thing for him is probably dropping to League Two, League One maybe, and getting getting back to fitness there. But I, I don't, I agree with it. I don't think he's going to return to our our team. Yeah, I've got to agree with that as well because September 2018, that is a long time to go without football and how much football changes as well. It's just going to be so, so difficult to, to recover and adapt. It's not just yeah, exactly. getting fit enough to play football. It's getting fit enough and then adapting to the rigors of championship football. Yeah. And I've just had a look through our uh, 20, uh, yeah, our 25-man squad the rest of the season and there's no sign of you and O'Kane so he's not in the plans for the rest of the season so I mean it, it's sort of there in the writing yeah and then move on to Saturday Stoke City away they're a team like Cardiff who we haven't beaten since we've returned to the championship so what are you expecting from this I hope I hope it's a good performance because I think Recently, we've been a little bit lacklustre. Even with the wins we've had, it seems as if we're not putting really exciting, strong performances in. We're just doing sort of what needs to be done, which is, well, by all means, is brilliant. As long as we can get results, I'm happy. But it'd be nice to see a, a good performance where we go out a team and take it to them and, you know... Obviously, if we're not clinical, we need to create chances. And if we can create more chances, we're going to score at some point. So I'm hoping we go for it against Stoke. Because they're a team as well, similar to a lot of teams we've been playing recently, that it seems a perfect time to be playing them. We've won one in 11 with that that game coming, um, I think it was last night, uh, Tuesday night, was it? But it's... It, the way things are working out at the moment, we seem to be playing teams that are not in the best of form. Yeah, I mean, obviously, minus Cardiff, it's it's a good thing for us, but we've got to respect every team as well, whether or not they're in bad form or not. We need to make sure that we're not going into a game thinking that we've got a his game coming up because that will just ruin it. That will it's a wrong mindset to have going into games. So I hope. I mean, I, I trust that Nathan Jones never, will never let the players be like that. And the what I've seen today as well, looking at how they've been performing um, this season, they're still unbeaten against the uh, division's bottom 10, winning five of those and drawing eight. So no matter what form they're in, they're going to be a tough team to break down. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's, it's important we get points out of the game, no matter what. Same as every game in... in in this league, but I, you know, I'd love to get it, love to get one up on them now, get a win that we're we're due to have against the team that you know we we obviously won't do well against. Yeah, and it would just be nice for Nathan Jones to get one up on Stoke as well because obviously the situation. I reckon he probably wants to prove some people wrong with that. And it's not just Nathan Jones now. There's quite a lot of connections with. Norrington Davies obviously going there. Yeah. Not too oh, sure yeah. if he's available for that because I know he got suspended. He got a red card and he's now served his three games. So I'm not too sure if there's an agreement in there. 
I guess he's, there's no contract to Luton, so I don't don't see. Yeah, I, I shouldn't think he. I shouldn't think he can't play against us. So yeah, it's another reason why I'd love to get one up on him, just because Nathan Jones, Norrington Davies, Tom all of that, Tom Ince, yeah, good few connections. Although he will come be on loan from Stoke. Yeah, so, yeah, so he, I don't think. Yeah. yeah, and then well, I think the best best way to end it again is with a score prediction because you were right with one 0 against Birmingham. Yeah, and I uh, I did it on um, that LTFC news uh, table uh, predictive thing, so I got that one right. But then I also said two one against Cardiff, and we we lost two 0 So I don't know. I, are we at home or away to Stoke? Can't remember. We're away. We yeah we. Ah, one nil. One nil. Brilliant. Gotta go with Brilliant. a one nil win. <laughs> I'm gonna go for a one all, but yeah, I think I think we'll turn up. I think we'll turn up and give them a really good game. You have to. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of the Oak Road Hatter podcast. And we hope that by the time we bring you the next podcast, we'll be six points better off. And as always, another big thank you to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech. Be sure to check out his website if you ever need similar music. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.